Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights Series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And good morning once again to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Matthew, happy Chinese New Year. Yes, um, good morning, Craig, and happy Chinese uh, New Year to everyone. Today starts the year of the gold ox, Matthew, uh, a year I'm reliably told by our head of China, Vicky Wei, will be rewarded by hard work and discipline. I thought this was a really good segue to the consistent work being undertaken by the world's central banks. In many of our podcasts, we have covered the economic impacts of COVID and in particular managing sovereign bond yields whilst watching carefully for both inflation and deflation. Since the low points in April last year at the heart of the first wave of the pandemic, we've witnessed global bond yields and inflation expectations grind higher. So how have global bond yields performed in the early period of 2021, Matthew? Oh, well, Craig, we've seen uh, another leg higher over the first weeks of 2021, and the US and the Australian 10-year bond yields are up around about a quarter of a percent. Uh, and in fact, they're back to their pre-COVID levels. So what do you see as the main driver for this recent rise in bond yields? Well, since last April, the rise in bond yields has been driven entirely by the rise in the market break-even inflation rates, that is the market's uh, future inflation expectations. And that's despite the fact that actual inflation remains rather weak. You're listening to Craig Balanswaler and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is exploring the outlook for inflation in 2021 and how this could shape your investment outlook. Matthew, yesterday we received the US January inflation report, which was described as soft. The US core inflation dropping slightly to an annual rate of 1.4%. Was this a surprise result for US inflation? Yeah, well, over the month, uh, Craig, US core inflation stalled uh, with the weakness still concentrated in those virus uh, sensitive goods and services such as airfares, hotels, uh, recreation, used cars. While the market was actually expecting a rising core inflation at 0.2%, now core inflation excludes energy prices. So that measure missed the upward pressure from the rise in oil prices. So headline inflation uh, actually rose by about 0.3% in line with expectations. But really the bigger picture is that both headline and core inflation are rising at an annual rate of just 1.4%. And as you said, Craig, significantly below the Fed's target, which is around about 2.5% on uh, the CPI measure of inflation. Matthew, we've seen the US experience largely mirrored in Australia, where our latest CPI read shows annual core inflation at just 1.3%. Yet the market's pricing of inflation seems to be anticipating a rapid pickup in inflation, with the US and Australian inflation expectations at multi-year highs. So what do you think is the driving force for the market's forward view of inflation? Yeah, well, I think I can identify four key factors. The first is we're going to see a bounce in inflation as uh, COVID COVID policies that have been suppressing inflation are unwound, uh, such as the free childcare in Australia and in the US, there's uh, changes to healthcare policy that are going to be unwound. Um, Second, uh, there's the impact of rising oil prices, which will continue to lift inflation over the rest of this year. Third, 
we're going to see a sharp pickup in global growth in the second half of the year as the vaccines are rolled out and large fiscal packages in places like the US and Europe unleashed. And finally, uh, major central banks like the Fed and the RBA are going to allow inflation to run a little hotter than their target levels until they're sure that price growth uh, isn't going to slip backwards. Yeah, an interesting fact, Matthew, you shared with me yesterday was that core inflation hasn't actually broached 1.7% in the US or 1.4% in Australia since the onset of COVID. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the outlook for global inflation and how it could shape your investment outlook. Matthew, offline, we have also discussed a number of times that an inflation outbreak has repeatedly threatened over the years, but it's never really arrived. Is the market right? And should we fear rather inflation this time around? Well, let me say first, Craig, that I don't think the market is currently pricing in, you know, a fear-inducing inflation blowout, for example. Certainly, the market expects inflation to pick up, and and so do we. But at current market pricing, it's far from a blowout. Uh, And equity bond markets don't seem to be two-faced yet either. Um, Bond yields uh, have been rising, but rising in line with inflation expectations, as you would expect them to do. But at an orderly pace. Um, Equities, they've been absorbing the rise in inflation expectations and bond yields throughout 2020 and into 2021. So Craig, the inflation outlook I think remains benign for the time being. Matthew, I'd like to press you a little bit further on this point though. We've seen a number of successful outcomes recently. To rattle off a few, there's been a strong recovery in the US and Australian economies. We've seen the labour market rebound quicker than expected. And the vaccine that you mentioned has been rolled out far sooner than originally anticipated. In addition to this, the US's new president, Biden, is about to unleash a $1.9 trillion fiscal package. And the central banks still appear to be very committed to pumping further liquidity into their economies. So is there a simply a risk here that the central banks could get caught out and we do get an inflation spike? Yeah, well, absolutely right that all of those factors you mentioned are going to drive very strong growth over 2021, especially over the June and September quarters, and especially in the US. Um, For example, we expect the US economy to grow by about 5.2% this year, and that's about two and a half times faster uh, than trend. We also expect the unemployment rate to fall from its current level about 6.7 cent down to 5% by year end. But the key is strong growth on its own does not Uh, produce the conditions necessary for inflation spike. Look, at the moment, Craig, um, right as we speak, there are 10 million less workers employed in the US than back at the start of 2020 before the COVID outbreak. And even with the strong growth that we're expecting and the unemployment rate falling to 5%, there will still be around 3 million less workers with jobs in the US uh, than before the outbreak, and about 8 million US workers still unemployed by the end of the year. So with that number of unemployed, wage growth will remain tepid at best, and our own and forecasters' expectations are for annual wage growth to be only be around 1.5% by year end, and that's going to be less than half the rate of wage growth would be needed to drive inflation through the Fed target. So without sustained wage growth above 3%, it's difficult to see inflation even getting to 2% which is the Fed's target, let alone sustaining a rate above 3%, which we would consider a blowout. 
You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the current economic foresight shaping your investment outlook. So central banks, Matthew, have a critical role to play here. With the central banks managing competing drivers of inflation, how should investors now interpret these numbers? Well, what I think it means is that central banks won't have to raise their cash rates for at least another two years. It also means that investors shouldn't overly weight the prospect of a sustainable surge in bond yields for at least two years. With inflation uh, tepid and bond yields low, financial conditions are going to be quite constructive, I think, for risk assets over the remainder of the year, as should be uh, the underlying economic fundamentals. Excellent. Thank you, Matthew, once again, for sharing your economic insights. In summary, despite a number of solid factors supporting inflation, there remain some stronger fundamental reasons why an inflation outbreak will struggle to materialise in namely employment levels and sustained low growth rates. So we shouldn't expect that inflation ninja to strike just yet, rather expect inflation to rise within central bank targets. And before I sign off, congratulations to the United Arab Emirates, who during their 50th anniversary were successful in their Hope Probe orbiting Mars. I'm Craig Valenzuela for QPod. Please let us know your views and feedback via QPod at QIC.com. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.